back to Mike and Maurice's Mind Escape. Let us help you escape your mind. Welcome back to Mike Maurice's Mind Escape. We actually have episode number 150 today. and uh, Oh. Yeah, I know. Uh, it'll be, <laughs> we're going to do Trip Reports Part 4. This is just a wrap it up, a recap, uh, go over our interpretations of it from beginning to end and, uh, you know, what we think about the metaphysics and the, the you know, how the mind works in correlation to all of it. So, and... Um, so go check out our website, mindescapepodcast.com. Subscribe to our channel. Uh, you can also find us on Patreon at patreon.com slash mindescapepodcast. For $2 a month, you'll get exclusive content. We have uh, episodes on there. We also have um, some new tiers on there if people are interested. And uh, we're actually, Maurice followed through and had the shirts made, so we'll have some of those available soon. And... Uh, yeah, we, we got wanna... ourselves a big day, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Episode 150 and Big Bear's birthday today. It's Michael's birthday. We're all uh, sending you some good positive vibes. How's yeah. it going, my man? Yeah, I mean, I don't feel as old as I am, but I guess, you know, that's just how it goes, right? I think as we get older, the ages are like, how do I explain this? Like, I'm 35, but I feel like a 25 year old would probably yeah. in the 80s or something i don't know if that's because of medicine and don't or worry about or just yeah don't worry about looking at us either <laughs> folks because we're just partying in the background so yeah whoop it up yep yep yeah because that's on our 35th and 36th birthdays that's what we do we've actually stopped doing substances just to party and uh that leads us into today's uh topic is the the, the sacred mushroom yeah oh and i did that uh I did the uh, moderation for Tom Lane's five-hour intensive talk at the uh, Mount Tam uh, Psilocybin Summit. Uh, was it two? So days is that ago? available anywhere, or do you have to? Did you have to watch I, I th- it live? No, I think it's. You could probably still go on, go to psilocybinsummit.com, dot com, and you should. You could probably still get in and at least watch a lot of the stuff there. I, I think it said that it was going to be on the website. I don't know if it was permanently or. Or what? But you can go on there and watch that. I'm pretty sure. Um, I wonder if we could get a hold of that and pop that up on our Patreon, and, or just put it up for free so people could get a, get their ears on it. Yeah, I don't know. Like I said, I think you can go on the website and check it out. I'm not 100 percent sure if it's up there yet because I know that there's like a little bit of delay before you know when or between when it goes when it was live at the webinar and when uh, it's actually posted for people to watch as like a playback or DVR. Um, gotcha. But yeah, I did that, uh, and it, it was awesome. I mean, Tom did what he's done on our show and just conveyed all the, uh, Mesoamerican metaphysics and his, um, you know, sacred mushroom ritual experiences with Maria Sabina and, Mm -hmm. um, his travels through Mexico and his book, uh, uh, sacred mushroom rituals and just the whole thing, man. He did a good job. And, um, you know, we've talked about some of that stuff on uh, the episodes we've had on with him. I believe we've done 
four episodes with him on Sacred Mushroom Rituals. The first two were kind of about his book and his experiences. Um, I want to say the third so, one was on the metaphysics, Mesoamerican metaphysics. And then the fourth one we did was with Maria Sabina. Um, so, yeah, go check those out. I think they're under the psychedelic playlist. I have them. So. Yeah, so we, he's probably done over five hours on our show. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think one of the episodes we did with him was like two hours, and then we have <laughs> yeah, a couple yeah. Patreons that we did with him too. He loves the, he loves that stuff. He's got a great knowledge for it, and uh, if you ask him questions, he'll talk to you all day. Yeah, great dude. he's a good guy. He's a really, really nice guy. And, uh, yeah, you, you said it. If you have any questions, he's open and honest and just wants to share the information. So, um, yeah. Good stuff. So yeah, that was fun. And also at that the psilocybin summit, they also had like Paul Stamets, Dennis McKenna, um, you know, lots of people. Even that guy, you know, from back home, uh, the microdose guy. He did a, I believe, a five-hour intensive. Yeah, Adam Bramlich. Give him a shout out, Adam Bramlich. So yeah, lots of uh, cool stuff happening there. And I think it's a good idea. Obviously, if you can't meet in person, these webinars are. It's not the same thing, but I think in some regards you, it might even be better because if you can watch like a slideshow, kind of like what we did for five hours and there's like diagrams and pictures and stuff, it kind of yeah. keeps your attention. Well, especially in today's uh, today's world, that might be the only option. So keep that flowing. I don't know if there's going to be another one coming up here, but I'm looking forward to it. Sweet. So, and then uh, just one more quick plug before we jump in. Go to indrasweb.org and sign up to get an alert when the app goes live. Uh, I know we keep I keep saying it'll be soon, but uh, I had some personal stuff moving and stuff I had to take care of. So uh, now I'm getting back into the flow of working on this thing. So uh, go to indrasweb.org, sign up. You'll get an alert when it goes live. The app is dedicated to rational discourse and talking about the topics that we love and talk about on the show, like metaphysics and um, ancient civilizations and... Uh, you know, paranormal stuff, UFO stuff, just all the fringe things that people are afraid to talk about on other platforms or maybe even get booted in some cases. So uh, that's what we've created. And uh, yeah, so excited about that. And beautiful. Yeah. So <clears throat> looking back now, after we've done now, what is it? Uh, three previous episodes. First one was like high school uh, years and the first times we'd done it and, you know, psychedelics. And then the second episode was about like college and getting a little bit older. And the uh -huh. most recent one was like some of our more recent trips. So looking back, is there, um, is there one that you probably liked the most or had, um, it had the most impact on you? The last one had the most impact on me by far. That was definitely the most magical one. But I also think it was because I was probably in the most sober state of mind. Looking back, I a lot of these these episodes, I'd have some booze on hand, so I could kind of, like we were saying before, you can, it it kind of dulls the effect if you drink a little bit on it. So if it gets too intense, you can drink it off. But the last time, I didn't have any booze, so it was just whatever it was, it was going to show it to me. And there was no way of me avoiding that message. I think you're getting a little crackly here, bud. So I just oh, snap, crackle, and pop. Every time we attempt one thing, something else is backfires. But yeah, I don't know. Um, Let me see here. That's I, a, what, one. 
one thing about just addressing that all together is me and Michael live in different states. We do our best to uh, come to you guys as clean as possible, and we're just going to keep getting better with our sound and video as we go, and we'll never be satisfied. So we want to thank everybody for, for, for uh, watching and listening, and we're going to keep getting better at that. So, um, Yeah, I don't know. I can't... Uh... It didn't pull it up right away to hear if you're. It just thought you sounded a little crackly on my end, and I just wanted to make sure that uh, we're good before. Uh, I don't know. We're always good, my man. We are always good. Just jump right in and let's uh let's see what happens here. All right. Um. So your your most recent so that was the one that you were talking about in Colorado. Yeah, yeah. I got like, it wasn't the craziest time I've ever had. It wasn't the probably the funnest I've ever had on it. But that one experience now has uh, has forever changed my view on the drug, or not well, the substance, the medicine, if you will, because uh, I'm never gonna abuse it. And like I said, I kept that going in my mind. Sacred mushroom, sacred mushroom. guy's very very worried <laughs> no i was just checking because like i said you're, you're pretty wolfman jack on my end of things but whatever well i'm sure if people had a problem they would let me know somebody comment <laughs> hey. does it sound good when maurice talks somebody just comment or hit the one of the live chats um so you know what's you know what's interesting about my two experiences the first one i ever did was probably the best time i ever had on it the most uh mystical um I was a kid, and it was probably the most of the effects I've ever had. Mm. And then the last one, so I don't know. Who knows if I'll ever do them again? I'm down with the microdosing, but as far as uh, macro stuff, I'm probably gonna think twice about it. Mm. Yeah, you uh, you like those micros, huh? Oh yeah. <laughs> Oh, that's funny because when you were a kid, I think you're one of your favorite toys were micro machines. Yeah, those were classics. I don't know, there's something about them, these tiny little machines that were perfectly sculpted into whatever it was. I like that. Yeah, you know, what's funny is I don't even know what birthday it was, but I do remember I, the most birthday parties I've ever remembered are probably yours, so major magics and all that stuff. But I do remember <laughs> you getting some badass mi uh, micro machines one time. You had like an aircraft carrier. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, that aircraft that was carrier awesome. was sick, bro. Yeah, I can't yeah. find those anymore. People if are you still had that stuff, you probably they would probably be worth some dough. Maybe. So what about you? What were the, uh, what were the pivotal points in your uh, mushroom experiences? I mean, the first one by far, because it was like, oh, I think that's that's he, yeah. Here's a different. Here's a doorway to a different dimension that I was always right. searching for. <laughs> like you know, like growing up, like I said in the first couple episodes, you know, you you think you know you grow up and you know if you believe in religion or like a god or you know, I, like I said, I went to Catholic schools till I was I don't even know sixth grade, fifth grade. Um, so yeah, you, you believe in it without really thinking about it. Kind of, it's not even like brainwashed. It's just like your day-to-day -day consciousness or part of it. And then when you start to question it and start to really look into what's what, you know, you realize what faith oh, is. Well, you know, you realize yeah. what faith is and faith is literally what it says. You know, you're having faith in something that you isn't tangible. You can't put your finger on it or 
explain exactly what it is. It just is what it is. Unprovable. And yet somebody came up with the idea or the concepts that you're believing in. So, um, you know, that's kind of, so uh, yeah. So the first one was kind of just like, this is something tangible and real that, um, is here now I can have the experience and I can take something away from it and use it and apply it to my everyday life, you know? So, yeah. Um, yeah. We were kind of submerged in that counterculture anyway, with the books we were reading, with the music we were listening to and everything that surround that substance was always mystical. I remember going on Irwid and reading about it, but then there's just like, it's almost like, uh, Alice in Wonderland, you know, she's eating the mushrooms. So I, Ever since you've been a kid, there's always been some mystical property surrounding the mushroom. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I mean, you know, that's why people make the argument for all the religious aspects. I can, I'll say this. From the feeling when you come down from like mushrooms or psychedelics where it's like, oh, I need to get my life in order. You know, like I need to figure things out uh, between uh-huh. that and the actual experience itself and just feeling like you're in commune with something greater than yourself. Um, those two things alone would help me understand, like looking back at like our ancient civilizations or even pre-civilization, if people were using these substances that might've helped shape, you know, our thoughts and, you know, you know, maybe that's how we started to think about self and being and things like that. Because, it just does something to you when you come down. I mean, I, and I think that if, when you look at religion, like, yeah, you can meditate and pray. And I'm sure things happen through that. Cause I've had crazy and weird things happen in meditation. But, um, when you, when it comes to psychedelics, it's like the only thing you can do, like walking around and like fully conscious in this waking reality. And you can like interact with it. You know what I'm saying? So I think, yeah. I think when you, but, look, I, but I disagree with the sense that you were saying that it, you're communicating with something else. I look at it more as you're communicating with yourself. Yeah, that too. At a more clean level. I, I believe that. I believe it could be yourself. I'm not going to put all my eggs I haven't in taken back. what... I've never done the 10 whatever the fuck you, you don't even need one time, you, the macro, man. But you don't even need to do that much, I don't think, to, to, to get what I'm talking about. Right. Like, I don't think you need to um, take a 10 tried gram dose or higher or lower, whatever it is. I I think that you personally, you have, when's the last time you took a full eighth? Oh, I've never done that before. Yeah. I mean, that's not even that much either. That's only 3.5. Yeah. I'm not saying, I'm not saying do it. I'm just, I'm just, I'm making the point that like, I mean, even. Well, do you think you get more out of the bigger dosage? I do. Whatever feeling you had on your experience, I think this is what I think I've had those two now times that by like three or four, you know, like that's, right. it's just more. And you're within it for at least a couple hours. And then when you're even, when you're on them, the hours seem like even longer. So you're essentially going into this for a good 12 hours, only six hours. Well, I mean, probably it probably lasts double the time. Yeah. And I'd say it probably lasts four to six hours. And then, um, I'd say four to six hours and then, yeah, you probably got like a couple hours coming down where you still feel weird. And usually that's when I like smoke yeah. and vape and stuff. Don't you think one hour feels like at least two though, with the way the time is? is oh no, probably more than that. I mean, one time I was medi- right. I'm, just, I'm being generous though. I'm just saying, so if you're, if you're fully going for about five, six hours, 
Then, I, uh, I mean, one time I was meditating for, I don't know. Um, I don't know. It felt like a long time, but maybe it was, it ended up being like, I want to say 15 minutes, but I felt like it was two hours. Yeah. I mean, it really, it really well, did feel there's like. There's no way to judge that. Yeah. I mean, that's the weird thing about the whole time thing too, is like, we know time dilation is, uh, is real. I mean, cause you can, you know, the uh-huh. more gravity there is, the more time slows down. There's the atomic clock experiment where they drop. But time might only apply to something that's actually living, right? Like that time only applies to something that's alive because well, I mean, that's the only thing that physicists time is, is a tracker of how long you live. No, because physicists would argue that like time is, um, it's a dimension, but it's not a spatial dimension. So, but it's like woven into space, if that makes sense. Yeah, well, yeah, that's true. Yeah. I'm not saying I 100%, you know, yeah, that's just what like Einstein's theory of relativity calls for. That's what all these physicists and quantum physicists build all of their models off of and yeah we you know quantum mechanics and classical physics are not even married at this point and there's never there hasn't been any real big discoveries of late you know per se so mm-hmm. um that yeah, we've we talked about crazy. we've talked about that whole thing but i think that all this psychedelic research could yield some some interesting uh you know results in terms of how the mind works and our relationship to consciousness and consciousness's relationship to the universe and how those two things interact. I think that could be huge. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I thought, uh, our buddy who's uh, going to administer the DMT intravenously, that's going to be some interesting stuff to see if he can pull out any, uh, information from that world. But maybe these worlds we go into are not meant to be able to pull things out of because really you go in to learn for yourself, so you really shouldn't have to bring anything out to report because the whole point of you going in is to learn within you. So while you're pulling out information, that's still, we're just trying to get the information so other people may be able to help themselves down the road. But other than that, like, what's the point of it? You know, Does that make any sense? Yeah, but I think that when you pull the information out, you're when you're able to take something back into reality, those are like the visionary people that you see that have used um, these substances, you know, like they've gained something that's so outside the box. It helps them, you know, utilize that in their day-to-day life or their creative life or whatever. Right. I'm not arguing that. I'm just saying you can't teach somebody else that. And that's essentially what these people are. They're trying to go into these these realms. I think they're looking to see information that we can. I think they're looking to see is there like something there? Is it not necessarily, you know, like I, I we've talked a lot about this. Like, is it a different dimension? I mean, technically, you're still here in your body. So, what's right. going on? Is it lifting some sort of like pareidolia filter that we have set in our minds, like the way that we just receive data? into our consciousness every day so that when you take these substances and your brain's making more neural connections and things like that, it opens up more doors and more perception of what's actually going on that we can't see because we can't see a majority of the things that are happening. Right. Right. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. Is it, is it, is it shutting stuff off, which is making us slower or is it shutting things off, which is allowing us to see things more clearly? Yeah. 
I mean, that's the big question because that I mean that's the big argument is oh well this sense is being dulled down that's why you, you start see either seeing things or perceiving things in a different way but if we're receiving some kind of uh, you know like our we're running on uh, like our bodies are receivers of some sort then it might be blocking out the the screen that's showing us what we want to see on a day to day. Yeah, I mean, that's, uh, I don't even know if it's, is it us wanting to block it? It might be our mind saying that's. No, I don't think it's us wanting. I think it's a natural thing. But it could be like our our mind, like making decisions in terms of like, let's not pay attention to that because it's not as important, but maybe it is important, but it's just like, you've reached a level where you should look for it. You know what I'm saying? Do you get what I'm saying? Like, so, yeah you know, normally it's just about survival, you know, your body's set up to survive and adapt and all that stuff. So once that you get into the mode where you're like in, you're comfortable or you have, you know, some sort of good routine going on then maybe like, okay, now it's time to add a little bit more data to the the plan here and, and start right, to build right. off that. I don't know, but I'm just, that's kind of the way I look at it, you know? Well, and, you just explained exactly what humans do. We get into a comfortable thing and then anything that deviates from it some people just have a bigger threshold for change like i get into a routine and when it when it alters my anxiety occurs mm. so it's like my but it's weird that i'm going to the some some animal instinct that like makes me anxious maybe that's like makes me afraid for my life of, for some reason um if i don't do the same thing day to day that i know is safe it's got to have something to do with it yeah because all that is, like, all the, all those triggers in people's minds are just, I'm assuming there's some kind of animal thing that's just, like, a warning system. And it just makes you feel uncomfortable. But there was a reason for it at one point now because we live such safe lives that it doesn't really even go into effect. Of course, yeah. I mean, our, we talked about that, too, like the fight or flight, you know, your amygdala and not having that, you know the feeling of like being prey to something else and kind of being at the top of the food chain and being able to manipulate almost all of your environment for the most part. I mean, we have, there's such numbers and population of human beings right now that we could do pretty much whatever we want. And that is what we do. Uh, we force our will on the earth. So, um, if that's the case, then, um, I think we need to be more mindful about what exactly we're doing and not just do stuff to do stuff. But I mean, that's a whole different topic. And yeah, you're opening up the can, the can of worms <sighs> for the rest of the year. <laughs> so, um, but I mean, you could look at it different ways too. You could look at the earth, like it's this canvas and you're the art on the canvas kind of a thing. And it, but if that's the case, why would you still want to be destructive or, you know, ruin the earth or something like, you know, it's just, it doesn't make any sense. So, yeah, I think a lot of that just comes from uneducation, uneducated peeps. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. But, you know, I this, mean, this substance is just, go ahead. I think if you, um, I I think if you boil it down though, like from the experiences that I've had, uh, there is the whole placebo thing does it's, it's not that it's the substance doesn't, you know, alter your chemistry or, um, 
you know, it, it definitely alters you, but I think it's how, what mindset you're in and like your mind frame, like what you've been thinking about things that you've been researching, things like that all come into play, um, during, you know, so like if you look at episode one and then look at episode two and you see like the evolution, we talk about like episode one is about our high school experiences. And what we talk about is like our friends and doing it in groups and going to parties and concerts and things like that. And that's all great and wonderful, but that's not, that's not using these substances. It's not great and wonderful at all. It's kids being stupid. But I'm saying it's, 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 it was fun. But what I'm saying is there was no reverence for these substances. So therefore, the experiences that we had was kind of, yeah, it was fun, but it was nothing more than that. There's nothing you can really draw from it other than a fond memory of going to see a jam band and getting your rocks off listening, you know, while you're... You well, know. not to toot our own horns, though, but that's kind of the point that I was making is we weren't the run of the mill. We're going to take mushrooms like like the Eminem song. We weren't doing that, at least. At least we were doing... Because when I used to smoke like uh, pot back in high school, I would write songs and stuff. I wasn't partying at all. I was just puffing it and actually being creative on it. So, yeah, there was a little bit of the uh, let's take some and party, but mm-hmm. I think we were a little bit more educated than the normal Joe. Yeah, but so my point is the evolution here. So in the first episode we talk about our high school days, it's a lot of social you know, it's surrounded by hanging out with friends and going to parties and going to concerts and stuff like that. And it slowly evolves into, um, you're in college and it's like, Oh, let's watch some weird movies and then think deeply about things kind of a thing, you know, and evolved into that. And then, um, you know, you get to the point where in episode three, like our more recent trips, you know, since we've done, been doing this podcast now for almost three years and, We've been studying esoteric stuff, philosophy, metaphysics, UFOs, whatever, all sorts of crazy mystery, mystical type stuff. Now when I do have an experience, it usually is surrounded um, by that kind of stuff. Yeah. So I think that the, the whole, you know, going into it, it's not the substance that creates the the, the, the scape or the, you know, the landscape of your trip or whatever. It's your actual mind. It's the chemical playing off of your mind. So it's enhancing kind of whatever you've been thinking about and it puts you in that imagination realm, you know, like it puts you in the, like I told you about the one trip in episode three where I was meditating in darkness on psilocybin and it said, this is what, you know, this realm is the realm of imagination, like whatever, realm you go to when you take enough psilocybin and are meditating and having a metaphysical experience that that's the realm of imagination you're tapping into what imagination is mm-hmm. so that sounds a lot like the alice in wonderland world yeah i mean there's no um no doubt about that in terms of you you know alice in wonderland's a good one in terms of you watch it when you're a kid and you think it's oh it's just some stupid weird movie but then you watch when you're older like holy shit look at all these hidden you know things in here symbolism and wasn't it interesting when you watch it as a kid how you just accept the weirdness of the other world when you're a kid you're so connected to that realm i feel still it's like seeing magical stuff is just is just the norm but then as you grow older you go oh these people must have been on drugs when you're (laughs) a kid it's just absolutely normal to see a cat disappear and you know caterpillar smoking a hookah it's just it's that's why i love that's why i love 
The caterpillar yeah. reminds me of like Jabba the Hutt smoking like a big hookah. Yeah. But it's like caterpillar the yeah, hut. I might have been pulled from that. Um No, but I agree. And and I think you're right though. You and I, even though when we were younger we didn't have the reverence that we do now, I mean we were still reading you know, about the early days of the Grateful Dead because we were obviously in jam bands and played music and stuff that we were into like the occult side of the things and the counterculture and the electric Kool-Aid acid test, Grateful Dead. You know, we were watching Fear and Loathing. We were watching all these things and reading right. these books and on the road and all that kind of Dharma bums, all that kind of stuff. So um, and we would take it to the next level. It's like, what is the song? We would hear a song we'd like, and then we would research what's the song actually about. Yeah, we and then did you actually get do. into the minds of these guys. Yeah, we used to go through the fish catalog. That one was the hardest one. That was the most tricky. That one, well, we were barking up the wrong tree on that one because no one knows what <laughs> the gotta, song still means. You gotta try to understand Tom Marshall to understand that. But, <laughs> um, but yeah, the Grateful Dead stuff. I mean, Robert Hunter was pretty good about recording. You know, like Anthem to the Beauty when he's talking about writing all the Grateful Dead lyrics with Jerry and Bob and stuff. Um, it's yeah, a great documentary. It's called Anthem to Beauty. So the, he talks about you know he explains the meaning behind the songs and he cries that's how poetic and passionate is he uh, passionate you know he is about the different lyrics and what they meant and everything so Mm -hmm. so yeah i think we had a good basis you know we understood them we didn't we weren't dumb about it we weren't taking way too much and doing dumb things or putting ourselves in harm's way or anything like that i was smarter when i was in high school than i was when i was in my mid-20s <laughs> yeah that's that's when true when i was in my mid-20s i started boozing when you start boozing your brain goes the fuck that goes back to, to four-year-old days you know true story like not, when i was in high school i barely drank and i was just very smart about it why you gotta embarrass me because <laughs> i know what's coming out of your mouth what what story I don't, I don't know one of the 10 that i've embarrassed myself yeah but which one do you think it is a microwave night? I don't yeah. know. <laughs> microwave mic for sure. Uh, it's not that bad. I don't know why. So I moved back to Michigan for a little bit and I was living with Maurice at this house with all these guys, you know, play, people playing music. It was a band house. It was like mu- band, musician yeah. house and we would also play online poker till 4 a.m. every night. Um, mm-hmm. We had to make ends meet. I'll tell you that. Yeah. So... <laughs> That night, I mean, we were, we partied a lot, but that night Maurice drank a ton. I mean, a lot. I mean, you probably drink, I don't even know, what, 15 beers, something like that. Labatt Blue Lights. Well, I, the thing I used to love, yeah, I loved Labatt Blues and Labatt Blue Light, but I also was drinking a lot of Crown in those days. We used to play horseshoes in the backyard, and every time you got a ringer, you'd have to do a shot of Crown, and I would drink Crown on the rocks, but... After this summer, I actually gave up Crown before I gave up all booze, but I I, I just had to give up the Crown. Anyways, back to back to Michael. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, this night he was particularly hammered, and uh, if you know Maurice, you know that at the end of the night when he's done some partying, he loves to to grub up on something. We don't know, might be a oh, little yeah. takeout. You know, if he's too hammered, <laughs> he might order something. You know. Um, but at, uh-huh. at the end of the day, he decided that this night he was going to make something in the microwave. So he goes into the kitchen. We're all sitting there in the other room and I hear, ah, ah, 
And I go in there and literally the microwave, because it used to be on top of the fridge in the corner, and I go in there and the microwave is literally on top of his chest and he's flailing about on the ground like some sort of beetle <laughs> that got like sm- smushed by a, a microwave. And uh, I wish I had a camera phone. I mean, this this was right around when camera phones were starting to become prevalent, but uh, yeah, it was pretty funny and I knew he was okay, so it was even funnier. I did bruise a couple ribs, and man, let me tell you, it's not fun being a jokester with some bruised ribs. Because every time I laughed, it would just it would hurt so bad. So that was like a that was like the pen. I, that was my learning thing. It's like don't don't take the joke way too far, man. Because then by the time you're done, you're not gonna be able to laugh. I saw Martin uh, Freddy jumped in here. Shout out to Martin. Uh, check out his YouTube channel, The Alchemical Mind. It's also a podcast, and we've had him on the show before. But, uh, yeah, go go give him some love on YouTube when you get a chance. Um, so back to uh, reality here. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I definitely saw the evolution of how we think and through our psychedelic use and how it you know um our minds have kind of responded to that i think that it's going to be interesting to see what happens going forward because obviously we don't take psychedelics that often if any i know you just had a recent experience and um probably five or six months ago i had a couple experiences so we don't do it often maybe once yeah, or twice a year. yeah once or twice a year a few times a year now i mean we've i've done psilocybin I don't know. Like I said, I told you, I counted like 150, 160 times or something between the ages of 16 and 30, 30, something like that. So 36, bro. It's 20 years anniversary today. Yeah. Should have popped the cap. (laughs) (laughs) But, uh, so I'm, yeah, I'm excited to see where it goes, but I don't, you know, if I'm gonna do it going forward, I'm more excited to see for the information. I'm more excited to see what comes out because I know what they're capable of doing. Right. So I'm excited to see the stuff that's. We were in Colorado when we were doing ours, and I think it's medicinally legal there. So there's a lot of stuff coming out right now. It's, uh, trying to it's de- a good time to be alive. They're trying to decriminalize it. Let me rephrase that. It's a good time to be alive for some stuff. Yeah. Well, yeah. I was gonna say. So it's, it's a pretty uh, brutal world out there right now for everybody, but hopefully right. that changes here. Um, well, as far as information go, you know, going towards uh, psychedelic drugs and uh, we're all going to need space. it after this year. So <laughs> yeah, the aliens might come down with a mushroom and go, hey, <laughs> go. Uh, we've sent these here. Who ordered this. We've been sending. We've been sprouting <laughs> these up off the ground for hundreds of thousands of years and. You guys, yeah, and you guys still can't learn. Yeah, you guys collected the message, you ate the message, you experienced the message, but you still don't know yeah, the we've message. Been watching these two turds podcasts talking about them for the last four episodes, and uh, no one's taking a taking a note. Um, yeah, I, I, uh, I also think that um, when you look at how young we were when we started to experience them. Um, I wonder if that had an effect too, positive or negative. That's something I think about. I don't have any regrets. I mean, whatever happened, happened. But, um, you know, like I said, I used to take it a we lot. Had very different. 
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I also, we've experiment. you know, we've taken, I've taken like experimental, you know, stuff before and all sorts of crazy shit. So, I mean, who knows what, you know, what happens every time, you know, and most of my experiences have been positive, you know, and I wrote about it in our blog and stuff. So, I mean, I don't have any, like I said, I don't have any regrets, but it's just something I do think about in terms of, um, and when I say negative, it's like, did the early trips where I didn't have the reverence and I wasn't able to rationalize why I was being faced with these anxieties and stuff like that, um, you know, it left a mark on me, maybe, I don't know. Yeah, but you can't look back on that at all. I think you've used it enough to check, make a check mark saying this is a valid uh, medicine for me. Oh, absolutely. And well, there's no question about that. But I'm just saying, like I said, I think, you know, me, I, I analyze it all, you know, and I think if you're being, oh, yeah, yeah, if yeah, you're yeah. being truthful, <laughs> if you're being <laughs> honest know, with bro. yourself and truthful, I think you have to think about things like that too. You can't just look at things through the lens of you wanting it to be this or that or the other, if you're going to be objective about it, you have to be honest, you know? Well, you think for doing it so many times, you've had some kind of negative effect on the brain overall? No, that's, but that was my point is like, that's what I think about though, in terms of you have to at least entertain that idea, I think. Uh-huh. And when I say, it's not negative, like chemically, like it did, you know, I know that that can happen in rare cases, but I, what I mean is, like I said before, like doing it, having some weird experience. And for the most part, when we were younger in high school, they were all fun and good. But, you know, as I got a little older, my early twenties, you know, there were some tough ones and I think it was showing me things that I didn't want to see and I didn't know how to cope with it, you know? So now I have the tools to understand mm -hmm. that and it's good. So that's what I was saying before. I, I guess it's just more of a regret of not having the knowledge that I do now to help facilitate, maybe give myself a better chance back then, I guess. Well, that's a big common mistake or a, that's a big common regret most people have is if I would have just known what I know now. Well, There's a song about it too. <laughs> what are you going to do? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, from... You had to go through those things to learn the knowledge that you have now, so it's actually impossible if you think about it like that. Like, there's no way you could have had the knowledge back then because you only possess the knowledge you have now because it's now. Right. Chew on that. Listen here. All right. Um, when you think about, like, uh, have you ever had any weird thoughts when, you're, when you've done it? Like, you know, is Eddie... Yeah. But I, <laughs> that was a dumb question. I, but if you have you had any like weird thoughts in terms of like is all this fake? Am I in a simulation? I know somebody commented no. about uh, VR and like how that, right, you know, right. that kind of a thing. Or you know, have you ever had any weird? You know, we did that episode with uh, Jack from the Trip Whip channel, and we were talking about like the Truman Show effect and how you feel like you're in some sort of like everybody, you know, it's a, like a solipsism universe and, or, you know, you, um, you're the only thing that exists or everybody's paying attention to you or something, you know, have you ever had any weird things like yeah. that? Yeah. I've had some, I've had the thought that everybody's like staring at me. I think that's a pretty common one as well. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of like a, just a paranoia one in general, I think, but yeah, I think that that stuff yields a little paranoia regardless of if you're doing the LSD. Actually, or I'll, the, I'll the rephrase that. Or I don't know if it's, 
I don't even know if it's paranoia. I think it's just hyper awareness is what it is. Right. Which being stoned is like a, a natural, uh, a natural cause of that anyway. You know, yeah. you're, you're more adept to be like just friendly and, uh, you think things through way more when you're on pot. And At least I do. To answer Ethan, I don't think VR and simulation is a dumb idea at all, actually. I personally don't. I think it's completely a, a possibility if you look at like what Nick Bostrom's done uh, with simulation stuff. And, uh, yeah, I, I don't think it's, it's you know, not out of the realm of possibility, at least in my mind. I think Maureen, Maurice was the one saying that anybody that believes in simulation theory is doesn't know what they're talking about. Is that what you said? <laughs> No, that's that's actually the the false statement because I think that if we are in our lifetime able to achieve virtual reality that's uh, indistinguishable, indistinguishable from normal life, then I I don't know whose theory that is, but why couldn't they have done it? Well, like we're not the first ones that have done that kind of deal. I, I I'm down with that. I think that's definitely a possibility. It's not VR in the sense of a video game like we think of it, but. Who knows how high this thing could go? That's, well, that's, that's what that's Nick Bro- that's what Nick Bostrom was trying to teach Joe Rogan when he was on his podcast, and Joe just wasn't grasping it for the longest time. He usually gets it, but he, yeah, no, I he did yeah. not get this one. But it, the whole point was is that like probabilist, like from a probability standpoint, we're gonna create right. that technology. That's it's going to already exist, and then people make the argument: well, if it already exists, then how come somebody hasn't come back? Or What's to say Warren might not be the first one? That's the thing. Right. Well, whatever. You know, you can look at it from a, a bunch of different angles, but, you know, that one's a real uh, mind fuck as well. Yeah, I like that, though. It's interesting. I mean, I, hey, I, well, I, I've been hey, entertaining. People don't know us by now. We, we, we talk about everything, and we entertain everything, and if you're going to sit there and it's one thing to have an opinion to say, yeah, maybe I'm not, I don't believe in that, but I would never poo-poo an idea because in a hundred years we're going to look back. You you don't want to be the guy that poo-pooed that idea that's real now. Yeah. I mean, I'm pretty open-minded for the most part. I think that I things that I believed going into the podcast, I can, I can easily rule out based on my own research and confident with that whole thing. But then there's a lot of, gray areas that I definitely um, still think are possible. And then I have the things that, you know, I mean, who knows? There's just so many different possibilities right. on all these things. Yeah. And it's almost, it's like, it's almost like an art at this point to create different theories. Yeah. I think thinking outside the box in general, whether, whatever you're doing it for, if you're thinking outside the box to make music, if you're thinking outside the box to come up with theories about the earth or, you know, animals or whatever, that, that stuff still are, it's like art. Like you have to like use the stuff you've already pre-learned to make connections in your brain. I mean, isn't that kind of, mm-hmm. I don't know, I guess it's not in the sense where you're expressing a feeling or whatever, but you're still creating something. See, it's pretty sweet. See lately when I, when I have done psychedelics where I've eaten like a high dose edible or, you know, got crazy on some vaping or whatever. Um, uh, uh-huh. You know, I try and like sit there and meditate in darkness and just think original thoughts or like weird things that nobody's ever thought of. And I, I, I for a while I have, I just didn't write any of them down, but now I'm going to start, I have a little pad when that happens. So I'm going to write, start writing some of those down. 
Yeah, you're almost creating a sci-fi story, but the sci the sci-fi story might be actually real. That's why it's pretty interesting, because you're c- trying to c- concoct something. You're trying to come to some kind of conclusion based on some stuff that's already been presented. Yeah. And the way that the Earth was made is a sci-fi story. It's just one that's never been told. Right. I mean, and you even have like... Isaac, or at least we don't know. Yeah. That's all. You have like Isaac Asimov, you know, who, you know, science fiction becomes science reality, that whole thing, and uh, Arthur C. Clarke and all those guys. And yeah, I mean, I totally believe that... Uh, the future is going to be pretty wild. I mean, if you told mm-hmm. somebody what this future was going to be like a hundred years ago, they'd think you were nuts. Right. So I just think that maybe there is no, we're never going to come to the answer. So in a thousand years, people are going to be talking about the same thing and they're just going to be still confused. Yeah. I mean, and that's where the faith kind of double backs on where you're going to have to have faith in one thing or another, because we may never know. That actually piggybacks off the VR rule. Like you're never, if you're inside a computer, you're never really going to understand how the programmer has put you in there. This is the way I think about it. Think about, the, think about like you're playing an Xbox game, okay, or PlayStation right. Four or whatever you play. Uh-huh. What, if you're playing the game, do you think that the character in the game is going to know that he's in a game, or is he just the character? You think Donkey Kong knows he's in the country? And and so, the, but the analogy would be that if that's if if when you're looking at it like that, that our world's just a, um, more of like a Sims version of that, where you can do things within the game, but you think you're doing it, but you're not. Maybe you know, like there. Well, it's hard to dumb s- it down to some little computer game that we've created when when life is the most magical thing there is. Well, so I'm not going to say it's like a Sims thing. I mean, well, and this is the way I think about it, though. If you think about like I've mentioned this before, like Simone uh, Laplace. Or, you know, talking about the billiard, God's billiard shot, you know, like that's what it would be like playing one of those games. You know what the guy's going to do, what he's capable of doing, how you can manipulate him into different ways and different actions and this and that. But the guy doesn't know that. So he thinks, you know, we'll never, you know, obviously we're, it's a crazy analogy because you can never know. Um, We don't know what consciousness is and we don't know if, you know, computers are conscious for them. We know they're not so far based on what we know, but could they be in the future? Is there some sort of way that it involves some weird consciousness that, you know, cause we don't even really define consciousness all the same way either. You know, if you read some of these scientific papers, um, you know, the way that they define consciousness, even within their different studies is different. So the hardest thing about it is we just don't know what the point of the game is. And that's why a lot of people are depressed because they just get bogged out. They don't know. They don't know what they're doing here. Right. Um, and that's why I think actually the, the the mushroom comes in handy because then it kind of shows you that there is something that you're here for. I get real spiritual with it. Um, that's just been been my way of life from the get go. But but big part of my spiritual awakening was getting back to the roots getting back to what felt good in my soul. Yeah. That's I mean, just personally me. I got to say, I'm pretty proud of you, man. You went through a tough situation, you know, and have kind of come out of it way more positive, way more optimistic with life, more creative. You've got, yeah. you got a good energy about you now cause you were pretty down for a while. So, um, yeah, well, I appreciate the, I appreciate the help, my man. Yeah, no worries. And you know, we all go through tough times and, 
you know, it's how you deal with those tough times and build yourself back up that leads you to the next, you know, peak and valley, and hopefully the next uh, valley won't be so deep. Right. Well, it's all about learning from that stuff and going on that trip and taking that little uh, psilocybin dosage. I think that was a nice capper, no pun intended, to my uh, my my awakening. But again, it's you got to keep learning every day. The day you let up is the day you 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 stand still, and that's that's regression. That's you know you, that's a that's a step back in my mind. Yeah. I mean, I think you even realized it too, like even though you're on this good kick and you got the positive energy and you want to travel and be creative and different things, you know, you know, you realize, Hey, I can't push myself too hard here. You know, like it's going to prevent me from actually doing what I want to do by just constantly attack, attack, attack. You know, you need to kind of Mm -hmm. pick and choose. Well, like I said before, I thought that the way to, to, to combat the anxiety was always to keep my mind moving and focusing on, certain things because if i was focused then i never would have a free moment to think and when apparently when i think i hear things start to happen he ate that uh, italian nightclub again folks i don't know what to say this kid's kid's heartburn's (laughs) out of line no it's not even heartburn man i just drink a coffee and it gets me a little it's a little bubbly goosed up there huh but but again it's uh always being active always pushing and and always on the move that's just a recipe for disaster so you gotta have uh, i mean everybody knows that you got a moderation in your life but it's hard to implement oh it's so hard i once you if you really understand addiction you start to go through your life and you know because of my ocd and you know i have had some issues in the past not with like anything super out of line or whatever, but just, you know, addicted to smoking a ton of times a day when I should probably take a break here and there and things like that. And when I was in my early twenties doing a little bit too much snow, hitting the ski slopes a little too much, you know, stuff like that. So, um, but you realize it and you, you, addiction is in us all. You're playing an instrument's an addiction. When I don't play the guitar, then I play it again. I'm like, Oh, my fingers craved this. It's weird. Yeah. Yeah, I have it's a, a healthy addiction. Dude, I used to play part, my guitar be- five hours a day, practice three or four times a week with a band, and I haven't picked up a guitar and probably since I made the intro songs for <laughs> our podcast. Right. That happened to me too, and then I picked it back up and I go, Man, I missed this. I have a I mean I still have my guitar is sick. I love it, but um Maybe your new crib, you'll have some some time and some space yeah. in your mind. At least. I still have all my uh, pedals and stuff too. Yeah, I just uh, I don't know something about that wanted me. To, I just wanted to take a step back, you know. And I feel like, um, you know, it'll always be there. It's not like I have. I know that can do wonders too. Yeah, because I've taken two breaks from playing like in bands and playing music and stuff in my life. And when, the, when I came back from those breaks, the whole thing was just brand new, but I still had the skill set from before. So I was like able to apply it kind of in a different way, you know? So, yeah. um, but yeah, we'll see. I mean, I, maybe you and I can do something too. start writing some tracks for the podcast or whatever, and maybe put them up places. I don't know. I mean, we did used to be in a band back in the day. Oh yeah, the marm. We knew how to do it. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think uh, I think I'm you know sl- definitely slowing down with the whole psychedelic thing. Like I'm not when I was younger, I used to seek it out as as much as possible. Um, 
you know, in my early, early days. And then when I became a little bit older, you realize, oh, you can't do this all the time. And you start to get the message, like get your stuff in line and, you know, this isn't to be done, you know, often. And the older I get, the more mystical it becomes when it's more rare. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like it, beca- it becomes it more sacred, be. you know? I'm never going to take it lightly again, I'll tell you that. <laughs> yeah, I feel like... And uh, that's the way it should be. I mean, the set and setting, obviously, is 100%, you know, something you should abide by when you do these things. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think uh, meditation and darkness, you know, Terrence McKenna, the five grams... So I think that I don't know about that. there's something to it. I've done it and I, it's awesome. It's amazing. And it's not something that everybody should do. I'm not telling people to do it, but I can tell you that you do go places, especially if you've death, if you, you, you know, you're been practicing with meditation for a while, or you can kind of get to that place when you close your eyes and just, you know, lay back kind of a thing. And um, yeah, I've definitely gone on some journeys and, uh, came out with some powerful information about myself and how I perceive things and possibly even how the universe works in my, from my own perspective. That's awesome. What's, that's, that's, that's all you can really ask for. What's, what's your favorite in terms of like, you know, was the first time the most memorable? Like, which time of your, like, out of all your trip reports that you discussed or talked about? I know you don't have nearly as many as me, but the ones that you do have, which one is, like, more ingrained, like, most ingrained in your memory? Like, one that you can recall most of the events or whatever? The first one I remember, like, I'd like the bat, like, the yesterday. Um, the first one and the last one are, are my, are my, my guys because, it's a sand. It's a nice little sandwich, and now I'm gonna move past the sandwich. But <laughs> to, to the no, it's, nightclub uh, combo. <laughs> no, seriously though, it's like I I, I really want to achieve, um, getting high somehow, but with no drugs altogether. Yeah, I mean that's, that's my next mission. You you do do it now. You probably just don't realize it. I know you run and bike and stuff. Right. And that's when I feel the best. I mean, I, 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 I'm going to stick with that, obviously, but there's other ways to meditate and things like that. But if I do need Mr. Mushroom down the road, I know that he's there and uh, how to deal with him and how he'll deal with me. But yeah. I have a positive outlook on, on, on them all together, and I definitely see a place for them in the pharmaceutical world. Um, what about you, my man? Um, yeah, I mean, I'm, I've always my philosophy the last four or five years hasn't changed on them. I'm not going to go crazy out there seeking stuff, but if it comes to me or somebody mentions something or something like that, I'm always down, you know? So, um, and usually those are the times where it works out best where it's like, somebody's like, Oh, I had this. Do you want, you know, or something like that. And then it's like, Oh yeah. You know, it's like a score, like a bonus kind of a thing. So, Mm -hmm. um, and I know, look, you know, if, if you cultivate your own or you're, you know, that's awesome. If people that, you know, do their own stuff, that's what the, you know, that's amazing. And I have nothing against that. I just, and maybe that, maybe my perspective will change on it in the future, you know, especially with science and my understanding of it. Maybe it's like, if I do, you know, one macro dose a month, there's, you know, I could see my perspective changing if new science or even my own insights, 
you know change that so yeah that's an interesting way to put it um and i'm trying to think of the first one i remember the best but that whole weekend of it festival when we were we just graduated high school went to that fish festival in maine that fish festival um the whole weekend was influenced by psychedelic different psychedelics and uh i had a great time the music was awesome but i just remember like walking around and being like this is weird life is weird you know like i'm here in mm-hmm. 2000 miles away from my home or maybe even more i don't even know how many miles it was it was a lot no i don't think it's that far it's like at least a thousand yeah i don't i have no idea no concept of miles so um, but yeah, I mean, we lived in Michigan at the time and we drove all the way to Maine. It was like 19, 20 hour drive, something ridiculous, uh, to go see our favorite band fish. And, uh, the whole time there, um, again, I just walked around in this, you know, it's like, uh, the, sh- the fish song, uh, Rogue or Rage, um, festival of lights, you know, I was just walking around and just this like spectacle kind of thing happening around you, you know, it was just, uh. It was a fun and weird experience. Yeah, well, I think that everything came together for that weekend. The music, you know, you just graduated high school. You're moving into a new section of your life. Yeah. And then you throw some uh, some psychedelics on there, and that's the recipe of for greatness, my friend. And I remember the Hogar after we were there. We came fully, you know, stocked from the – I had this little – <laughs> I had this little mushroom cluster. It looked like the Magic Kingdom from Disney. Like that's how the the mushroom family, you know, looked the, the dried out one. Uh, I remember yeah. crunching that thing on our Hogar trip, and then I also had a couple hits. Um, and I had we had that Belgium hash. It was like that really good hash that had that like gold stamp on it. Oh yeah, that was um, a good year. I had some nice mushies. Yeah, we had some. Uh, we we went up there and had a good time. I think that was a whole that whole summer was fun. That was also the power outage too. That from like New York to Detroit for like a week. That was yep. like right before oh, I think good. the festival. It was a good summer, my friend. Good summer. Um, but yeah, so yeah, that's pretty much. I mean, all I got in terms of looking on these things i'm excited to see where it goes i'm more interested in the whole meditation thing and um you know obviously thc and cbd will always be my friends and you know it's not like i i'm not a big drinker but uh you know i get to that place still you know especially if you take like an edible or something so um yeah i don't know what about you i'm glad we rehashed these it brought some some good memories back but uh it was actually like perfect timing because it like took me into my vacation and then the last little experience I had. So, um, yeah, I uh, I think we we've covered this topic and uh, what do we what do we got in store for these people coming in soon? Um, so I'm been reaching out to some guests. So we have some guests coming up here. I don't know specifically like what days or who's next or anything like that yet. Just working all that out, but. Um, we're going to try and do get another episode in this week. I've We're going to do an episode for sure on the Eleusinian Mysteries, and that'll be part of our Ancient Greece series. Um, we're going to do Super Volcano Part 2, probably do another science, um, science news alerts, you know, so like recent, you know, scientific discoveries and articles and stuff like that. 
Uh, and then again, mixed in with guests that we have coming on. I, I, we have some good episodes coming up. I just don't know exactly what days or whatever we haven't set and finalized yet. So, um, yeah. So stay Beautiful. tuned. And, uh, I'm trying to think if there was we got anything. those shirts coming in. Oh yeah, the shirts. We got those shirts coming in, and they look badass. Um, it'll be our logo on a black T-shirt. Um, we already have some spoken for, so once they're available, I'll announce it on the show and first come, first serve. And if people really like them and they go pretty quickly, we you know probably order a new batch. So. Yeah, maybe we can do some contests or something. We'll get some merch. Yeah, we were going to try and do some cheaper see. shirts, but we actually kicked kicked it up a little bit. I have it on there. It was listed for like $10 on our Patreon, but it's going to be $30 actually because we had some nicer ones and the deal that we were going to do with something else didn't pan out. So, But it's all good. So, um, yeah, that's pretty much it. So check out our website, mindescapepodcast.com. Again, I started writing a blog i'm gonna try and get maurice to write a blog about a spiritual awakening and i'm also probably gonna write one to accompany our lucinian mysteries episode coming up and um yeah i'm just trying to think what else yeah check out our patreon patreon.com slash mind escape podcast for two dollars a month you'll get exclusive episodes we also have some new tiers on there and uh this has been a fun series i enjoy talking about it and um you know it's been a, wrapping it up. Yeah. And we bounce just so people know, I mean, I, you know, I don't know. We don't ever really mention this, but I know we lose people and gain people. Cause it's like somebody loves UFOs. So they'll join and subscribe and then they'll hear psychedelics and they don't like that. Or they'll hear, you know, stuff about philosophy and they don't like that, but we're just pretty eclectic. And I feel like all these pieces kind of come together for my understanding of the universe and the way the mind works and stuff like that. So, we're just following our journey here. We don't really have a set agenda in terms of, you know, what direction we go in. So, and I'll never put all my eggs in one basket in terms of beliefs or anything like that. So, well, if something resonates, I say we go with it and that's what we've been doing. Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, there's no rhyme or reason. There's just things we're interested in and people we're interested in talking to. And there are some common overarching themes, the psychedelics, the metaphysics, the, you know, UFO stuff, paranormal stuff, uh, history, ancient civilizations. So, I mean, there's a lot of different grounds being covered, but I like it that way because I like to connect the dots. So, Well said, my man. We got episode 150 in the books. We got a big shout-out to Michael on his uh, 36th birthday, man. I'm glad we got to get one in today. Thanks. I appreciate it. Yeah, it's been a, a fun ride so far. I look forward to the next 150 well oh yeah we love all you out there and uh stay tuned and uh you guys have a good night peace peace